G'day, everyone. Welcome for another episode of Motorsport Republica. Welcome, boys. Yeah, welcome, Cheers. lads. They, uh, let, they let us back for another week, eh? <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. Um, I guess, the, unfortunately, for our second episode, there hasn't been much racing. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, bit of a shame, isn't it? With Imola flooded, but... Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I think it's the first time in a long time that a, a race has been uh, canned. Except obviously for the COVID races, mm. Mm. I don't. I don't actually remember the last time this has sort of happened. So, was it last year they did one lap in uh, Spa, and then they came? Yeah, in? yeah, that was for, we're bad weather. I bad suppose. weather, but they were there. They were there. They were there. Yeah, they qualified. They... What about? Um, you'll remember this yeah. Indy like 06 or something had tire problems. 05, yeah, Michelin tires. What was the go there? Well, they. They raced all weekend, qualified and practiced and everything, and then Michelin couldn't guarantee that the the tires were going to last the race. Mm. So they called all the Michelin runners in on the first lap. Uh, or I think they would obviously have been fined heavily. Um, so it only was ended up being the two Ferraris, Barrichello, Schumacher, the two Jordans, and I believe the two Minardis, if I stand corrected. But yeah. That's so crazy. Probably the one race in 20 years I didn't watch. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Jeez. Just a massive Hamilton fan, I heard. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what's going around, isn't it? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Well, interestingly, some news breaking today. But um, Ferrari's apparently going to offer Hamilton a $40 million deal for next year to race from. No way. Yeah, rumours at the moment. Rumours we'll, rumors at the moment. We'll just talking about this. Yeah. I don't think it was on the podcast. Um because you hate Hamilton so much, yeah. and we said, and you love Ferrari. If yeah. he if he goes to Ferrari, would you still would you would you still hate him? And you said yes, and I was like, nah, he's gonna love him. No nah, way. Yeah, no way. <clears throat> no, I reckon he'll change his tune. Yeah, we're like Vettel. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. Well, Vettel was uh, yeah, loved him by the end. Yeah. I think everyone loved him by the end. Yeah, everyone um, jumped on his bandwagon. That's for sure. Um, so forty mil. How many years? Just for one year. That's that's the rumor. That's so fucking crazy. They're coming to win a championship. Be nice. He's a thirty-eight. He's thirty-eight years old. He's you know, he's not young anymore. So yeah, still one of the most skilled drivers on the grid, though. You got, you got to credit where credit's due. If you give him a, a half okay car, he's always going to be there thereabouts. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So I'm assuming signs will be gone. You think so? But you'd think where would the, what's going to happen after that? Maybe a Piastri to Ferrari. Oh, maybe. Mm. It's interesting. That could be an interesting move. Because yeah. what's he contracted with McLaren at the moment? Not, no idea. A couple of years, I think. Yeah. So it could, yeah. Could yeah. Play out. Jeez, that'd be good. It would be awesome. Um, it would be awesome. But we'll see. Time will tell. Um, it's never really worked this one year sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's yeah. A big roll of the dice. Yeah. But I think Hamilton, all the way through his career, has always said that he wanted to race for Ferrari. So. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I've heard that as well. And who wouldn't, though? I know. Biggest team in Formula One. Well, imagine yeah. if he pulls it off and then wins another title. Like, that would almost cement yourself as one of the greatest. You'd also go one ahead of Schumacher on a Ferrari. A Ferrari so. Yeah. Yeah, that's massive. That's huge. That's definitely goat status, I think. It would be interesting to see how he would, because he doesn't seem to be the, uh, you know, the most popular person on the grid at all times. No. Um, he wouldn't have many friends in the paddock. But. Going to Ferrari, it seems like you're elevated to another level, kind of no matter what who mm. you are, yeah. um, and how that will change and how his persona will change, kind of like yourself with, um, you know, didn't like Vettel at Red Bull, yeah, and then went to and then went to Ferrari, and 
Yeah, I'd so, almost say the Ferrari's team with Favetta was almost a failure. Mm, yeah, I would agree so with that. Was yeah. it him or was it just the car? Oh, there's a little bit of both. Not to, not to stand on the fence on that, but or sit on the fence, I should say. But um, yeah, he just never... He, he, he went for the championship one year, crashed in Germany yep. when it was raining yeah. off the lead. That really... Um, that really set him back. So, and once you give Hamilton a sniff, he's never going to lose. Mm. Nah, he'll make you pay. Yeah, yeah, he'll jump on that and yeah, pretty much bury you. Yeah, so it was sad to see the uh, paddock underwater, and I think the, the the most sad thing is the town and the area and the region. Well, saying well. saying that as well, I saw mm. footage of Yuki Sonoda yeah, cleaning yeah. up the town, which yeah, is was nice. helping. Nice which that's very cool because I think. Alpha Tour, Alpha Tower, whatever it's pronounced. That's yeah. their home race, isn't it? Yep, isn't yep. Their, uh, their factory there? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yep. it's terrible. And I think it was the right thing to do. Um, having emergency services personnel at the track and not helping yeah. the clean up, not helping people, it's you know, it's wrong. So Yeah, absolutely. Definitely the right thing to do. Great call from the Formula One. Yeah. But we've got Monaco this weekend. That's, so very that's excited. Huge. So um, yeah, I think they'll bounce back and they'll put on a good show. Hopefully the weather's good. Well, a little bit of rain would be nice. <laughs> Spice it up. Yeah. It would have been interesting. Yeah. So I'm assuming Merck's uh, upgrades will just roll straight into Monaco. Yeah, but then Monaco has a different package. It's a more high aero package. So yeah. I don't. I think that would have really hurt them not racing this weekend. Yep. Um, so I think... And then you go to Barcelona, which is the test track king. They do a lot of their testing there. So I think we'll see the true colours as we um, as we always say on the pod. Mm. The cream will rise to the top. <laughs> Um, we need to make that a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who's the uh who's uh how do I wear this? Who's looking like the biggest favourite for Monaco? Which team do you think of the obviously it's a high aero track, so yeah. yeah, as I touched on last week, uh I think Aston Martin's gonna go really well. Mm. Uh I think I, I just have that feeling. Fernando back on the top step would be yeah. nice, wouldn't it? At Monaco. That'd be massive. That would be Taylor Swift will be there. She'll oh. be spraying the champagne. I think she. I think I heard that uh, she's waving the flag of that race. <laughs> <laughs> Whose flag? <laughs> Surely Fernando's. <laughs> no, it'll be. Um, that would be a sight. Mm. I'd love to see that personally. Yes, it's also <clears> given uh, Nick DeFries one less race to prove himself, as we alluded to on the podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, with Ricardo's seat fitting, it looks like inevitable. To be honest. When do you reckon that will take place if it does oh, I happen? think after Barcelona if he doesn't perform in the both races. Yeah. That's massive Cut too, throat. isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's um, that's definitely full on. So he'll he'll leave, obviously. Is there a chance of him ever coming back into the sport, you think? He's had his chance. Yeah. He's had his chance. Um, so, yeah, who knows? I didn't think Alex Albon would come back and he's come back and Williams and he's performed really well. Yeah, he's done very, yeah. very good on his comeback. Because he, he got burnt at Red Bull, burnt hard, so... Yeah, mm. he definitely had the talent. Um, but as we touched on last week, if being in a team like Red Bull, if you don't cut it, you're out. That's it, Helmut Marco, he's ruthless. Absolutely. Bloody ruthless. But that's what we like. I love to see that. If you don't perform and get out, let, let someone else do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if there's someone that's got the um, the tools, why not? Throw them in. That's it. And they obviously breed... You know, world champions at the same time. As we've seen. Yeah, those uh, those Red Bull boys. Um, if you're not performing, you're out. So, this is how it is. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? Such cutthroat I wouldn't sport. say MotoGP is cutthroat as that. They really give them a chance and a shot at it. Would you think? Yeah. Um, 
There's not a lot of mid-season axings. Nah. From memory. Nah, like there was obviously Vinales, but that was a different... Self-inflicted. Yeah. And yep. he rev-bombed that bike and tried to make it blow it up, which is... So, <laughs> Crazy. So nuts. And they're still paying the price for it. Yeah, <laughs> that engine hasn't recovered. Yeah, nah. Well, you know what? It's kind of the smartest thing he's ever done getting out of that Yamaha. Absolutely. You know? Blessing in disguise. 100%. Yeah. Maybe he just knew something that we didn't. Mm. Um, but that's... No, it's really... It. Repsol's pretty cutthroat. If you're not performing in Repsol, um, they'll get rid of you. But, you know, that's also because they've kind of only made a bike for one person. Yeah. But yeah. They're their own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. They've sort of always been like that too. Ducati? Like, they got yeah. rid of Lorenzo pretty quick. And then, you know, I think we touched on it last, last week as well. He, he could have won a world title, I reckon, on that bike. But oh, he performed so well in the second half of the season. Soon as he, soon as they let him go, didn't they change something on the bike? There, they changed like the where the, the tank, the, the, the fuel yeah. tank. Yeah. yeah, and ever since that, well, I think it was at Mugello, and he won Mugello. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. On the Ducati after they axed him. Yeah, like what a statement. That's so nuts. And then he won a few more races he did. after that. Yeah, yeah, that so. was um, definitely a different um, situation. I think they fell out of love too. Yeah. That was the biggest thing I think it's them. just hard. Not, I mean, there's obviously been success with Australians and um, some other countries, but they just love the Italians in the Ducati team. Yeah, and they do. And they axed Jack, got um, Bastianini in. It's like their perfect world. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And they had Petrucci and Dobby there for a while. Yeah. Uh, they obviously had Rossi with Nicky Hayden, um, Melandri with Stoner. Yeah. So they've always Capirossi. had Caparossi. Uh, they've it's always e- had an Italian. you either got to be Australian, which is weird enough, yeah. or Italian. You know, They're the only ones that kind of seem to But Australians get along with Italians a lot. Yeah. Know, so. As we can yeah, clearly example. see with us three. That's right. It was interesting, interesting comments from uh, Paolo Simoncelli um, I read during the week just about his view on Marquez and his race last week. Yeah. I found it really fascinating that um, how high praise he was talking about it and he, how he can just jump on a bike on a chassis that he's never been on and, you know, be up there. So... I found that really interesting. It just speaks volumes of the caliber of rider that Mark Marquez is. Yeah. And as much as it pains me to say it, but he probably still is the best in the on the grid at the moment. Yeah. You know, give him after Le Mans. Yeah. Give him any other bike and you know, he's he's off to the races. He'll have thirty, forty point lead by now for sure. Right. Especially if he's on the Ducati or the KDM or something like that. And he never normally, you know, uh, once he has a good bike, never normally crashes as well. Yeah, like, that's he's just because he's fighting that Repsol. You know, see if Juan Mir as well. He's crashing every weekend, and same with Marquez. Marquez traditionally would go out FP1 final limit, and that was it. Yeah, and he'd just he'd be on rails, got yeah. on rails for his standard. Like he'd still crash it and then pick it up with his elbow or something like that, mm. something ridiculous. But I think you're right. I think he still is the top rider. Yeah, by far. Um, it just seems like everyone else, as amazing as they are, they're still just prone to those silly mistakes. Banyaya, yep, um, will just kind of. You know, just drop out of the lead. Um, Quattarara is obviously just on a terrible motorcycle. Um, <laughs> God, Yamaha cops are bashing from us. <laughs> well, I need to do Rightfully better. so. They yeah. need to be better. So. And uh, Bezeki, you know, he's only second year in, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, so he's still going to have those moments where he crashes or, yeah, you know, he's fifth or sixth or something like that. So yeah, still learning the consistency and mm. the way of the championship, that's for sure. I'm so excited for Bastini to come back. It's going to be so interesting. That's going to be huge. Magello. Mm. Big so combo. Excited. And now Peko's injured though. He's yeah, let's go there. He's fractured his talus, so his ankle. Yeah. Has he really? Yeah, so that came out um, a 
can't remember if it was last night or this morning. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see mm. how he goes. I can't remember if it was left or right, but either way, he'll be using it. So um, yeah, see how he goes with through that pain. Tough track as well. Yep. Tough track. Yeah. How's his recent results been? I know he crashed, I think, in 21. Yep. How did he go last year? One. Did he win? Yeah. God, it shows how much I remember. Yeah, he won uh, Quattararo, I think, came second or third. I think Bezeki might have grabbed his first podium there last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get that up on the blower. Because yeah. him, DeGiantonio, Bezeki, and I think Marini were pole, second, and third. Mm. That was your front row. Mm. I can't remember in which, which order exactly, but... Um, yeah, the Chicati showed why it was a good track for them. Yes, yeah, so Alicia Spargo came third, actually. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. And then the two VI46 boys. Fourth and fifth. Yeah. yeah. Or fifth and sixth. Yeah, Zarko was up there as well on the Ducati. It was Ducati 1, one four, five, six. So, yeah, interesting. Ducati circuit, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's huge. straight. Really interesting to see how the Red Bulls go. Uh, sorry, the KDMs. Really excited to see them. Yeah. I think they'll yeah. go really well. There's definitely going to be a few corners through that track where they'll be able to carry a lot more corner speed. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Miller hits a podium, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I got a good feeling about yeah. that. I think yeah. he'll just start to gel with it now. It's a few races in. Um, and I hope so, but I would not be surprised. I think Martin will carry his good run through. Yeah, it's a good point. I think he'd be one to watch. It's so competitive now. Like, you've got Martin, the two VR46 boys, yeah. Factory Ducati. Like, you can't pick who's going to win. No. Especially at Magello. Well, like uh, Bagnaia said during the week, it's too competitive. Yeah. What do you think of that what statement, What a ridiculous Daniel? statement. That was silly. That was dumb. Because ca- he came from Pramac. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I think that they did... His comments got taken out of context a little bit, but... I didn't agree with it. I thought it was a silly thing to say. Like, I'm enjoying the fact that it's a lot closer and it's Who a lot more competitive. Though? Yeah. Yes, I get that a couple of the young guys might throw a bit more, sort of, bit more at it in the first few laps and cause those uh, stacks or whatever. But, you know, it's racing. It is what it is. You know, sort of the pressure of the number one plate might be mounting. Mm. And he's starting to have a bit of a sook. I don't like it. But, yeah, he's got to remember he came from Pramac. He had a fourth, I think, in Phillip Island. Yeah. He scored his first podium in Misano, I mm. believe, coming back from a broken leg. So, yeah, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And if anything, you should want that because it's going to promote you quicker to a factory team. Yeah. You understand how the bike works, how it should respond and what you're looking for to make a bike better. Yeah. So, it makes you better as a rider and a developer of a bike. It also makes the team around you a lot better. And yeah, you just reap the benefits and rewards from so many different angles. Mm. So, yeah, terrible call. Um, Hervé Pontreal oh, bashed him, which was good. Bullshit. <coughs> called a bullshit. <laughs> and I'm glad someone called him out. And if it was going to be anyone, it was going to be Get him. Get him. Yeah. Well, he doesn't mince his words. So, uh, yeah, great call from Pontreal. Shit call from Peko. I just thought it was fascinating he would say that in the media. Like, it's just something that I wouldn't expect from him at all. No. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that either. He's pretty like... like he's a racer at the end of the day. You know? He's pretty cool, calm, yeah. collected as well. Yeah, he's not normally one to stir the pot. He sort of, you know, keeps... Not keeps to himself, but plays it how it's meant to be played. You know? Yeah, he's not a very... Contra- right he's never controversial in the media or anything. Um, But yeah, Peko did end up coming back out and mentioning that what he said 
did get taken was it, out of was context. Was the um, interview done in Italian or English? Oh, that's a good question. Because I, I find with interviews sometimes it does get lost in translation. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'd have to um, research that. It probably... I dare say it would have been in English. Um, but yeah, he did come back out. Uh, no, lies. It was in Italian. Sorry, okay. my apologies. Could you translate it for us? <laughs> uh, there's actually... Um, <laughs> <laughs> subtitles so okay. I don't need to they've beat me to it um, but I will brush up on my Italian for the next race <laughs> um, but yes he did come back out and say that they did get taken out of context so yeah I don't know I mm. still thought it was a bad call at the end of the day regardless of how he meant it to come across yeah it's definitely an interesting one yeah it's uh, it's very interesting and you might be right I think it might be just him feeling the weight of that number one plate um, and you know, uh, Bezeki now, and it's probably almost a dig. It could almost just be a dig at Bezeki and and those VR forty six boys that aren't, you know, if I'm looking into it too deeply, but that aren't on a factory bike who are challenging him. Where normally, if you five years ago, you know, that Avinci Ducati wouldn't, no, wouldn't, wouldn't be no. wouldn't, wouldn't be anywhere near it. So mm. it's definitely interesting. Um, I saw an interesting stat. Over the weekend, can you guys guess uh, the three riders that um, have finished the feature race in the points for every feature race this year? Oh, I think I know the answer oh. to this. I think it's the two um, Yamaha boys. Yeah. And Brad Bin? And Augusto, Augusto Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. yeah. I think that tells you a lot about the caliber of the rider. I know Morbidelli we don't rate, but not to crash, like... How many times have we seen like three laps to go, someone's coming 16th and they've been it? Mm. Yeah. And they've got no pressure. They're going to finish 16th. Like, first of all, you have to concentrate the whole time. Second of all, you have to get a good, I mean, get a good result. So maybe it's something to have to, maybe we might give Yamaha a compliment and say <laughs> there might be a stable motorcycle. Can we just, just click this so <laughs> we, don't, we don't get hate mail. <laughs> stable motorcycle, just really slow. Yeah. Backhanded compliment. Yeah. Gotta get that V4. Mm. I think I'd always rather an unstable bike that's a fast bike, personally. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's what everyone wants now. Yeah. Um, and Augusto Fernandez, I think he is just growing into that MotoGP role. Um, and maybe you know, later down the track this year, he could be fighting a bit more consistently for top tens or mm. podiums. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Top sixes. Yeah, I think that's a great call, to be honest. Um. And we've seen it with Martin and Bez in their rookie years and Bastianini. Yeah. You know, they reach that midpoint and they start to really hit their straps, understand the bike, understand the team a lot better and um, bring home some really good performances. So I hope we do see that because he was very, very good in the uh, in the Moto2 and I like the way he rides. So it would be nice for him to bring home some good points. <laughs> Sorry. I can hear the, the cat. cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Not today, Monty. Today. Fuck. <laughs> That's a fucking pisser, man. Yeah. Sorry. Do you boys rate Darren Binder at all? No. <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> Not at all. It's just unbelie- He's had an unbelievable career when you look at it. Moto 3 to GP and then not performing at all in Moto 2. Would you say he's the wish version of Jack Miller? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Moto three to GP and then back down to Moto two. It's just interesting. Like you look at the Superbike boys, you're like, why don't they come over to GP? Like why doesn't Johnny Ray come over? But you you can understand it can actually destroy careers. Uh, yeah, James Tozlin did it. Yeah. Went to Tech 3 Yamaha when it was a good bike. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. But Johnny Ray did race a race for Repsol Honda. Yeah. But like fifth or sixth. He didn't do too bad at all. Yeah, which is... I think he might have had a couple of races here and there. Yeah, yeah I think he's I know right. you're a Superbike fan, but for me, like, MotoGP is the pinnacle. Oh, And like, far. Superbike is not even close. No, it's not. And you notice so, that with the riders. Yeah. So, uh, prime example this year at Phillip Island watching uh, Vierge and Lekawona on the Honda, even though that's not the quickest bike in the Superbike paddock. And guys like Bautista, who have come across Remy Gardner, their style is so much more precise. Yeah. And you notice it when they're on the bike. Right. Like coming into Miller, they're hanging off with that leg, trying to balance and hanging it sideways through there and yeah. through uh, Stoner and that. Yeah, I think you definitely see the difference of training and skill required to make it through Moto3, Moto2 to GP. Um, And we've seen it when guys come back, look at Bautista, look at Scott Redding. Mm. They're on it straight away. Yeah, Bautista's a success story in Superbike. It's been amazing. Oh, yeah. Fall out of love with Chikati, come back, bring him a chair. Um, Biaggi, he went straight to Superbikes and won titles. Yeah. A bit different back then though. Different than now? No. Or, uh, still the same. No, nah, because... Was the technology closer back then than it is now? Or do you think it's closer now? I don't think now? so. I think... I don't know. It's a good question. I really don't know. Helmet in Phillip Island, they're only about two or three seconds slower on lap, aren't they? Some tracks, they're pretty close. Yeah, some tracks, they're close. Um, but then some, they, they're well off. Because when Biaggi went to Supers, it was still pretty early on four stroke MotoGP back I think four stroke yeah right 90s yep. were maybe four years in five yep. years max so it wasn't what it's like now yep um and he went on to that in Prilia um and then started dominating Blitzstep. yeah so it is a big difference and then that's an interesting point you make with Top Rack because there's been so much rumours of him going yeah. to Yamaha but I just if I was top rack I don't know if I'd do it no like a factory Yamaha would be amazing and I'm sure he'll get paid a butt ton of money to do it surely he's going to be better than Morbidelli though surely but Morbidelli's a gun I think he's just been dealt I think this is Yamaha we really are bashing Yamaha on this podcast (laughs) but um, I just I don't know like I don't know with them yeah the Yamaha is a box Um, but <clears throat> Top Rack's performance through that mid-season test or whatever it was, um, they weren't the greatest. Mm. Like, he wasn't doing anything extraordinary. So, something chronic would have to happen for him to come across. Like, something chronic would have to happen to Morbidelli, sorry, for Top Rack to take his seat. Mm. Because, yeah, they weren't super impressed by the times he was put putting in. So, yeah. I don't think we'll see him in MotoGP just yet. Yeah, I know he has spoken, I believe, to Ducati as well. Um, but who's going to be on that, that factory Yamaha next year? Well, there's some rumours that are floating around now that Zarco will leave Pramac, potentially to go into the World Superbike paddock. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
So that would be interesting. He might actually get a win. Um, <laughs> might actually do that backflip. <laughs> been way too long between. How many seconds has he had? Oh, five or six. Too many. I think it's more like eight, nine, ten. I yeah, it's that many. It's um. Look, it is a shame because he actually is a very, very Talented good rider. Yeah, he really is. He's a two-time Moto Two World Champion, and like a super good guy. Yeah, yeah, I reckon guy. he's a legend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so rumor is he's going to be off to supers, or I keep thinking that he'll become Ducati's test rider because he does so much. Yeah, I think behind the scenes, um, Martin. Potentially the Yamaha. There are some talks. I heard rumors about that. I heard uh, Martin not. He he's almost turned it down. He wants to stay yeah. at Primax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which so I would, I would as well, wouldn't you? You'd stay at Primax, surely. Yeah. So there's that possibility. Now Bez has been thrown into that picture to take to Yamaha to Yamaha. If Martin doesn't want it, I think what will happen is Bez will go to Primax alongside Martin and. Morbidelli keeps his spot or alternatively someone else comes in and takes that spot um, and full circle sort of thing uh, Morbidelli will go to VR46 uh, hot off the press boys top rack unlikely to make MotoGP move as Yamaha confirmed split 57 minutes ago there you go that's massive yeah as we're talking about it that's huge I know he's been thrown a big um Contract, I believe, by BMW. Yeah, I heard that. Like a mil plus a year, which is monstrous for World Supers. Yeah. So that could be something because I think Reading might be on the move again because he's just seems to be a problem child wherever he goes. Mm. Mm. He just complains and gets kicked out. So pretty much just gets sent, shown the door. So it'll be interesting um, to see if he. Yeah, it goes across to BMW, who really haven't done much. But Do you see anyone from Moto2 going up to the Yamaha, apart from Acosta? Who we don't no, think no chance no, Acosta. There's no chance. No, apart from Acosta, I'm saying. Um, <laughs> nah. <laughs> would, you say, would, you, would you say like an Aaron Canet? Or no. an Arbolino? Uh, Arbolino is linked with... Oh, who's he linked with? I think Rossini, because he's manages the same as Bastianini's, yeah. who was also tied in with Simoncelli somehow and that whole Grassini family. So that's the rumor, or potentially Philip Salach. Yeah, but I think he needs a couple more years down in Moto. I think too. so. The, the problem is that I find sometimes is, um, and a perfect example for this is LCR Honda and Sakaki Nakagami is th- you only get a rider for a certain nationality because of the sponsor. Yeah. Like in a Mitsu yeah. Honda. He brings a bit to, of money. Yeah, you have to have a Japanese rider, which I understand for the team's sake, but I don't think it's the best rider getting on the on that yeah. on that bike. Is I he think. confirmed for next year as well? No, not I yet. I think, think so. Ayoguro will take that spot. He just about had that spot for this year, Ayoguro, and he, he wanted one more back. year. Yeah, he knocked it back. Okay. Um so who knows where that will send um Takanakagami. Uh you know, maybe back to the Japanese Superbikes or CEV <laughs> Moto Tour or something like that. The Endurance Championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Endurance Championship. You know. I'd be shocked if someone picks him up in maybe, any form of Maybe racing. like the Avale racing on Moto Tuesdays <laughs> or something oh, like he that. He did a mini GP series. <laughs> he did have a great race at um, 
in Spain. Aragon, where he Aragon. crashed in the second lap, yeah, second, second corner. Marquez bullied him. <laughs> Marquez bullied the poor little fella. And he got, he couldn't handle it. He crashed. What, he crashed from the lead, actually, didn't he? Mm. He started on pole, oh, I think. Goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did nothing to crash. He just, just closed his eyes, got scared or something. Yeah, just, they just can't handle the heat, the Japanese, can they? Not at the moment. No. I just don't understand. When's the last Japanese world champion? Hiroshi Yama in 250s. Yeah. Jeez, that's a while back. That's it, that's that's all right, isn't it? I think it's Oyama, think so. yeah, against Simoncelli. I don't think there's yeah. ever been a Japanese yeah. Formula One world champion either, and they've had a lot of different drivers over the years. Like you'd think Australia's probably had, you know, they've had a couple of world champions. Alan Jones. Australia and- is an amazing country for motorsport. We've mm. got some um, for not a massive population compared to like the United States or there's there's 80 million people in Japan as well. I think yeah. About- um, that we do so well in motorcycle racing and in F1. Like, it's it's nuts. Mm. You know what I'd like to see, though, with American and Formula 1? How far away are we from that? Yeah, well, we've got, we, have, we actually have an American <laughs> Logan Sarge. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> a good, I think James meant a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want, like, another Scott Speed or something like that. He was terrible. Uh, Logan Sargent's daddy's money, though, as well. Oh, so. that's why oh, I don't know him. Yeah, yeah. I'll give, so that, I'll give you the like, yeah. credit where credit's due. That, that's a, uh, I've touched on this before. That's a very Formula 1 thing to do is get the seat. Because yeah. um, dad fucking bought the team. Mr. Just, Stroll. Yeah, Mr. Stroll. They just can't produce champions... Like, Europe can though. Is it because they like to turn left? It's something. <laughs> it's something. Like, it's just amazing these, the Europeans, they just, I don't know what it is. I think they have just a junior development down pat. You see it yeah. for the motorcycle racing as well. And I'm sure it's yeah, the same for The States one. would be the same, sure. Like, how much money there is. And I mean, it's 300 million yanks. You know? But they have so many different sports yeah. as well. Yeah. You know? I think they turn their focus more to their sports within their country yeah i mean you see yeah i suppose they're very proud people like (laughs) you know they love americans love america we do love Mm. we do love the american patriotism yeah that is cool yeah Yeah. america america fuck yeah (laughs) um get team america on the blower (laughs) but as we touched on in previous pods like supercross massive over there um big crowds um big tv audience not like that here in Australia. So. No, not at all. The boy, the brothers. Yeah, Jet, that's right. Lawrence boys. Um, I know the Europeans are craving for more supercross because the MXGP, the motocross over there, is massive. Massive, yeah. And the Europeans are faster. Arguably, I yeah, right. hate for this, but they are faster. Caroli, uh, Jeffrey yeah. Hurlings wiped the floor for the Americans a few years ago. Went for one round and went one and two. And he went two. He only went second on the second moto because he crashed at the start and chased everyone back down again. That's nuts. I have yeah. a theory about that. I just reckon it just sounds ridiculous, but in Europe they just got like so many different conditions. No, cold, you're not wrong. They they, they know how cold, to ride. Cold, rain, yeah. wet. Like the states, they just seem to race when it's like perfectly sunny all the time. It's just fucking hot when they race. But the uh, the Euros always know how to ride sand and yeah. mud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Stefan Everts. Uh, when they have motocross to nations, you know, wipe the floor for everyone one year. The Americans have done it and they dominated for years as well, but the Euros have stepped it up. And if MXGP, like you look at the Google, the crowds on MXGP, it is massive. Yeah. It's just like MotoGP or Formula One, but for motocross. 
Um, but yeah, they're unstoppable at the moment. Like they have, if no one knows, motocross has a World Cup for motocross and have motocross destinations um, yep. and you represent your country. So it goes by country. So you have Australia, Sweden, um, America, France. France has won it a few times. Yeah, right. Italy's just won it. Australia's won it. United States dominated. Belgium's always a big one. Uh, the Dutch are fast. Yep. Um, it's an amazing event to watch and so whoever scores the least amount of points, weirdly enough, wins. So if you win a, win a moto, you get one point. Oh, right. And okay. then, yeah. It's like golf. Yeah. And if you. Goal score wins. <laughs> and that's where the similarities stop. How did change your conditions? <laughs> and I think if you have your worst performance of the day, gets ruled out. Everyone. So whoever, whoever has a bad, like, crashes, whatever, that gets ruled out. So um, coming back to it, yeah. I think the Euros. The Euros is, for some reasons, dominate motorsport. You know, and yeah. they just seem to always have, you know, no matter what it is. I think you're right. It's about the junior programs and stuff. Yeah. Like people from from Australia go to Europe to race. Yeah. To get better, to, to make it, really. And it makes it so hard for Australians to go over to Europe. You know, we're so far away. And it's amazing that we've had as many world champions and riders of that caliber that we have. Yeah, you just have to have the money. I mean, there would have been a lot of talents over the years from... Even Australia, that they just didn't make it because they didn't have the funds. Yeah. The I sponsorship. Think, I think Casey Stoner's family... Had like remortgage a house, oh, like, something yeah. crazy. Gave like, up everything. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing story. Mm. Yeah, it's nuts. No, well, we've seen it, especially what through mid two thousands with Spain, they dominated pretty much every class. Oh, if you look at the results back in those years, I mean, even five years ago, ten years ago, you look at Moto three, Moto two, Moto GP. There was like the Spanish were just everywhere. Yeah, mm. and they, that's from the Spanish do- GP. Yeah, they dominate. You just see that little yellow um, and red flag everywhere. So yeah. looking at results, but it's good to to now see more countries. I mean, not being biased, but I think what Rossi did with the academy is amazing. Yeah. Seeing a lot more Italian kids come through, which is yeah. great. Well, they were depleted for a few years. That's it's what not, I mean. Yeah, you didn't see many Italians. Yeah, you're right. For a few years there. Yeah, it's interesting. We just touched on Spain before. In the Spanish, in F ones, wasn't a big thing until Alonso came around. Yeah. Alonso, I believe, was the first Spanish um, world champion. Well, he was their only Spain's only race winner until yeah. Sainz was it last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, that's amazing, which, isn't it? Which yeah. is amazing, and you think how much they dominate motorcycle racing. Yeah, and it, it, he really brought the sport to that country. Mm. Well, who's the what's the reckon the most dominant nationality in Formula One? Then is it the British? The British. Yeah, yeah, it would be all the Germans. Germans with Vettel, um, Schumacher. The, the Italians were more dominant in the early days. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously through the 50s and 60s. So, who is there, Who's been the last dominant Italian? Is it Because I don't remember a big Italian driver, you well, know, race winner consistently. Probably Fisichella. Well, yeah, it didn't do much. Well, it didn't do much, but yeah. like... Yeah, but yeah, you're it right. did a little like, bit, like... You're right. Like, if you look at... Um, I don't think he would he, he won a couple of races back when he was at the um, yeah because he was with Renault wasn't yeah, he? he won a couple yeah, of it was yeah. Alonso's yeah. teammate but he came back <laughs> and nearly won a race in the Force India which was and then he went to Ferrari the week after Massa got hit and we oh, filled, yeah. filled in there so I would love to see like another big Italian Ferrari driver you know that would just set almost set the world on fire I wonder if they're taking applications. Come on, Dan. Do you reckon you could fit in that little race <laughs> Not car? Not a chance. 
No way. I've just uh, pulled it up here for you, James. UK are the most successful uh, country in Formula 1 with 20 titles with 10 drivers. Germany second, 12 titles with 3 drivers. Well, there you go. So you've got um, Hamilton, Jackie Stewart, Jim Clark, <coughs> Graham Hill, <laughs> <laughs> Jensen Button, Mike Hawthorne, Damon Hill, James Hunt, Nigel Mansell and John Surtees. Germany got obviously... Uh, Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Vettel, and Nico Rosberg. There you go. Who's the last Italian to win an F1 championship, though? Like, I can't even uh, think. Ascari, Alberto Ascari, or Giuseppe Farina. So it's been a long drought. <laughs> That's the 50s. 50s. <laughs> That's crazy. Bloody Italians. They're too passionate. They're too, they don't think straight. That's the thing. <laughs> Well, like, <laughs> they don't. No, like we said last week. They're, too, they're, like they they're get just too, too emotional. Yeah. Too yeah. emotional. It's it's their way or the highway. It makes sense though why the Germans... They've only won three world champions. That's nuts. Days. That is crazy. They've won more of a, as a manufacturer, obviously. But, yeah. But drivers, yeah, you're right. I mean, Ascari, which is the famous... Um, he has a turn named after him at, um, at Monza. The, the Ascari chicane. It's... I guess it doesn't surprise me in a sense... Uh, that the Germans are and the British have won so many because they're also so more uh, focused on engineering as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's like their main economy. Physical has won years. three races. Sorry, excuse my stats before. So it's um, I guess it's weirdly not as surprising, but I'd love to see just another big Italian name. But maybe with the Valentino Rossi influence in these last few years as well, it's just drawn more people to motorcycling. In Italy, over over car racing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, good call. Maybe we'll see Antonio Giovinazzi come back <laughs> with what? that beautiful head of hair. <laughs> he's um, he looked like a world champion. He should have been <laughs> racing Ferrari. That guy. Well, I think he was on their um, their like, in the academy. Team. Yeah, yeah. He was with um, Alfa Romeo there. Would have Marco Simoncelli won a world championship? Yep. He no. or he would have at least been the guy to take it up to Mark Marquez. He would have been a bit of theatre, James. He would have been. He would have been the guy to take up to Mark Marquez, but I just don't know if he would have actually. I reckon he would. Who have. knows? I'd love. I'd, oh, I love, would have loved to see that. And we'll never know, and that's imagine, the problem. Imagine Simoncelli, Rossi, Marquez, all three of them going for a win. But the, like Simoncelli and um, Marquez were so aggressive. Yeah. Um, so them two going at it. Would we probably been fireworks. We probably would have seen a bit more of uh, Peko and Vinales style punch ons in the yeah. dirt. I think Petrosa would have broken a few more collarbones. Yeah, sorry, yeah, and they weren't. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't have collar, broken though. anymore, could he? <laughs> that sucks. I think he's broken a collarbone from um, Simoncelli and Marquez. I think oh, no Simoncelli took out uh, took out uh, Pedrosa. I think it was in Magello for that last chicane. Possibly. Oh, really? That would have been a fast crash. Uh, uh, some, I think it was somewhere in Magella. I could be wrong. I thought it was Germany. It could be Germany. Yeah. Um, and then um, Marquez touched the rear wheel of Pedrosa, um, unclipped his that was traction its, control, that was and then yeah. he uh, put on the gas and yeah. got launched into orbit. And, that was a massive high side. Um, um, yeah. I saw that crash at Areth when he, when he lost it and then hit Dovi into... Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Yeah. And then Marquez. Just basically gave Marquez a title from Jerez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Le Mans. F- Le Mans, there you go. Simoncelli and Petrosa. I was only a round off. <laughs> yeah. 
That, see, that's the thing. So poor Pedrosa's copped it from both of them. But yeah, going back to your point. Yeah. It was uh, uh, such a shame, but well, I'd love to know. Yeah, it would have been very good racing. That's and for sure. And they probably would have both been on Repsol Hondas. So yeah, imagine them sure. as teammates. Wow. We missed it. Well, I think we've missed out on something special there. Such a definitely. shame. Yeah, definitely has. What do you do? So where's uh, so we've got MotoGP in two weeks at Mugello. What do you guys think of tailing and all that following and everything oh, and MotoGP my, qualifying? You know my thoughts on that. I absolutely hate that. But there's no policing. You can't change that. You can't penalize someone for doing that. It's not like the Tour de France in the time trials where you can't follow each other. Like They'll never make that a rule. Mm. But I think it actually puts Marquez off. He tries it so often and it works once every fifth time for him. I don't think it works every time. I reckon it works more than that. I didn't, he didn't do it as much, I don't think, in Le Mans. The best thing I've ever seen was, I think it was Malaysia, where he was following... Quadraro. Quadraro and the tyres got cold in that massive high spot. That was yeah. like... For me, it was like karma because I was like so over it. <laughs> so over it. It was just that little bit sweeter because it was Mark Marquez too. Just to see him sailing through the air. It was like an <laughs> Olympic dive. It was awesome. You guys are just jealous. Because me and Mark Marquez have won all those titles together. <laughs> Between you and Marquez, you're eight time world, world, world champion. Yeah. I've won a few on MotoGP 21. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know you know what I'm excited for next weekend? We've got Ola Man starting. Yeah. That's bad. And uh, hot off the press, we've got some special news for our podcast next week. We've got a live cross yep. to the Isle of Man. So stay tuned for that, guys. That'll be cool. And girls. You'll just see a blur of a bike go past, but that's about it. You'll hear it. Mm, you'll definitely hear it. You'll hear it. Those so. guys are crazy. They're a different breed. It is yeah. the craziest event in the world, I would say. And I think the most dangerous, like statistically wise. Death wise. I think there's a death every year. It's like that and the running of the bulls. <laughs> it's like the two most dangerous events in the world. <laughs> I'd love to get down to the Isle of Man. Yeah, we'll do it one day. Yeah, we'll do it one day. It's a, it's a bucket list item thing to do. Maybe we'll have to set up a uh, special Motorsport Republic of podcast at the Isle of Man. Sounds good. Get Kai Martin in. <sighs> we won't be able to understand him. That, oh, back to the oh. subtitles. We'll have to get some translations. <laughs> oh, mate, wouldn't you ever? He's, um, what a legend. I love Guy Martin. Yeah. He's a beast. He's yeah. a kooky dude. When he outran the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, that He's was nuts. He's done some crazy things. Well, he um, just rode a rotary bike. Is he racing this weekend? couldn't tell you yeah no i don't think he's anymore I think no he i don't think he's retired or yeah yeah the crazy thing is though you wouldn't be surprised because all those guys are like 40 plus years old you know and they're only yeah. fast after doing you know six years they say it takes like five six years plus of riding it to actually understand the track and then mm. yeah you never like you never can win in your first like yeah. three years it's it's yeah. pretty nuts um, there's amazing footage. I think it's of Connor Cummins going over the top of the mountain where he loses loses a rear, goes off the side of the mountain, just barrel rolls, oh, back, yeah. and then hits that stone wall, and then just flick flies off that, and then I think he broke like his leg. It's just amazing that places. people die every day in motorcycle accidents, and he has died and die there. Like he's yeah. gonna be the luckiest motherfucker going around, isn't he? Hundred percent. It's so nuts. I could never do that. I watched that crash today, actually. Oh really? Yeah. He like lost the rear end. It was a, yeah. a strange crash. It was a strange crash. Yeah, you but it's a strange it... like event and a strange. He's on tarmac going two hundred eighty k's around a corner. Like. I know, and just no room for runoff. You know? It's just funny you watch footage and they're going down. They're like you got a, like a letterbox. Yeah, you got a stone hedge. Yeah, down like Bray Hill. Yeah, and then what's even crazier? They like pad the light, the light poles <laughs> like it's gonna do anything. 
Like, <laughs> you're hitting that at 250Ks an hour. Our padding ain't yeah. doing shit. <laughs> it might it's like jumping into this. water from like 100 meters. It's going to be like glass. So, he'll be struggling. He'll be struggling hard. But yeah, I mean, those guys are, mother- are crazy motherfuckers. Um, but they love it. They love oh, it. Yeah. And, and they, they do it for like no prize, like do no it money. for no prize money. Yeah. And they are just the craziest guys and they, and they live for it. Um, and they expect death. Like it's just uh, mindset that you can't fathom. Um, yeah, that's different mindset. For me, it's, I jump on my bloody Aprilia and I uh, get scared going 60Ks, uh, 60Ks an hour around corners. <laughs> <laughs> and these cars are going 280. <laughs> They, yeah. They're um, very, very skillful. Yeah. That's for sure. As um, nuts as they are, they've, their skill level is just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, as Valentino Rossi says, they need big balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest of balls. I think nowadays, though, the MotoGP boys are going so fast as well. They, it's, yeah, it's getting crazy. They're breaking lap records every race. So mm. yeah. when it goes, it goes hard. So And like we touched on uh, last week when we spoke about the Rossi and vinyala's incident for them to get back on the bike and race and pin it straight away yeah that takes a different kind of yeah different kind of someone yeah you know yeah even like grosjean after his crash to come back and race where he's racing now yeah even though it's not formula one you're still getting back in a car and with all the same dangers really exactly right so credit to those guys for doing what they do um look at uh joe gwen joe yeah say it yeah um yeah, he's um he's stuck, and Mr. George Russell jumping out to help him. Yeah, he gets back in the car the next round. Uh, next round, sorry. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, going back to uh, Grosjean, Indy cars, they're fucking crazy as well. Yes, mm. like I was watching a program during the week, and it was about Indy cars and the oval tracks, and they yeah. average two hundred thirty-five mile an hour. Like, it's just phenomenal, and you're in a box yeah. like the size, you know, of the table, like protecting you. It's just. That's crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, that's bonkers. It's nuts. If you Google uh, uh, like just indie car crashes on oh, YouTube, yeah. they're the biggest I, crashes ever. I think seen. we used to do that, and then COVID lockdown, we used to get drink uh, drunk, watch, <laughs> buy a bottle of Jack Daniels, and would watch it like indie car and car crashes. Yeah, yeah. Nice. but there were some crazy ones. I think you sent me them uh, a long time ago, but I still remember it. Uh, they used to test at Laguna Seca, all their aero. Yeah, and they'll just lift. And then just flip through the air, and then yeah. you know, that massive one yeah. it, it went straight into the fence. Yeah, nuts. The Indy car is so yeah. Dangerous. It just it was going down to the corkscrew, and I think yeah. it just like locked the rear brake, which is going <laughs> like flat. I oh, know, actually, it um the throttle jammed, didn't it? Is that what it was? Yeah, the throttle yeah. jammed, and like it was the biggest crash in ever seen. <laughs> it was so nuts. <laughs> it was ridiculous. We'll get we'll get Curtis to bring it up. Um, <laughs> but it was unbelievable. Yeah, um, it's scary. But I was watching a, a documentary during the week and it was, they actually raced, there was a kart series, which is a breakaway series from Indy back in the day. Yeah. Um, and they were so fast, they had to stop the event because the um, drivers were hallucinating. They couldn't see, <laughs> really? they didn't know if they were on the front or the back straight. It was like the 2005, oh, I have to, we'll get Curtis to bring it up. But it was like, they had to stop it because they were going so fast in an oval, they, 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 it was getting blurry. That's oh yeah. Man. That's that's gnarly. Yeah. So they did testing before they had the race, and the um the guy tested a, a cart around there, and then he later came out and said, "Oh, I actually wasn't going full throttle." <laughs> so they let the event happen, and then that was the result. So. Yeah. Right. So and there's nothing crazy. slowing those guys down. You're not going to say, "Oh yeah, lift here, lift there, or whatever." 
They're always going to go the fastest they possibly can. That's so. n- that's not a word in their vocabulary. Nah. nah. That's definitely not a thing. How big is IndyCar over on the States? Because they used to come to Australia, I remember, and do Surface Paradise yeah, back yeah. in the day. Which was an awesome event. Um, I feel yeah. like I feel like, if, like NASCAR's dropped massively. Okay. NASCAR was the thing to watch back early 2000s. Yeah. Dale Earnhardt, all that stuff. But they've, they've really dropped down lately. And I think the popularity of F1's probably yeah. hurt IndyCar as well. It's hurt even V8 supercars. Yeah. Um, I just feel like ever since F1 came about, everyone watches F1. Yeah. And V8 supercars, I feel like the racing is actually pretty good. But no one watches it. Nah. No one watches it. The massive rule changes. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to go sit there, spend my Sunday and sit there and watch a 100 lap race. Down yeah, in Tasmania. No. Like, I'm not going to. Nah, I watch Bathurst and that's it. Maybe Sandown. Yeah. Um, they don't go to Phillip Island anymore. Which is nuts. Which is nuts. Great track, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just find myself... That's something that I love doing as a kid and I just don't yeah, watch same. it now. And I think a lot of it... Like, I think a lot of us are like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bathurst was always the pinnacle and still is and we still watch it every year. Of we course, always have yeah. a barbecue and watch it. Yeah, nice. Um, we've done that since we were three um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's just hundred percent with Formula One really coming into the fold. I think it's just changed everyone's tune with it, and I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit stale. V8 yeah. supercars. It's but, just yeah. our local touring car racing. If you know, if anyone's listening, it's not from around here. But yeah, um, and I think the tracks as well don't really lend themselves. Like Bathurst is the main one, and maybe Sandown. Mm. Um, Adelaide 500 or whatever it used to be called was always cool um, which is back it came yeah. back this year and this is where I find it fascinating because they've changed the cars they look cool there's no aero so they're racing they're passing they're doing everything we wanted and mm. no one's still watching it no I don't know I mean, anyone that watches I it I mean that's my opinion maybe I'm wrong yeah um, but yeah I mean again I think it comes down to the politics and the like people love the drivers yeah like back in the day um, you know you, you have your Peter Brock's had your Mark Skates, yeah. Craig Lowndes, um, the f- rivalries. But nowadays, it just, you know, you flick it on Shane Van Gisbergen, who's a friend of the podcast. Obviously. He is a friend of the podcast. Um, just winning every race. So, yeah. We had a good weekend down with Shane at the um, MotoGP one year. Yeah, we got uh, very, very drunk. Yeah. Very blurry. We that, got a few yeah, drinks bought for us that night. It was quite good. <laughs> that's handy. Yeah. At that's the hotel right. down at Phillip Island. Shout out to them. And I think that's just... Um, I always touch on this, but with Formula One, it's just been their their new thing now. Is that obviously that Netflix documentary has yeah. really brought light to it? And uh, I think it was uh, Horner, Christian Horner, defended Hamilton about Drive to Survive, that basically said it was the Kardashians on wheels. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what how the drivers are coping with all the camera crews around every weekend and this is something where there's me like we're over it i don't want to do it anymore i just want to focus more on racing because realistically the drivers are just race car drivers they're not reality stars yeah that's right but what was what's fascinating about that is verstappen refused to do season three and four i believe and then he got saw it got so popular that he had to cave and yeah. came back for season four and five so yeah um because he hated the way he was portrayed with him and the ricardo um, they them being teammates, yeah, and they made out. Yep. It was a massive rivalry, but they were actually quite good mates. Um, yeah. So he said, "No, nah, I'm not getting involved in this anymore." And then I understand that. That's yeah, hundred percent. That's fair. Yeah. I personally couldn't deal with that. Cameras being on me all the time, like trying to spin shit and 
and all that, I'd like you said, yeah. I'd be more worried about focusing on the racing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how even how to even like get interviewed just before they jump on a bike or go in a car. I know. It's like nuts. that would annoy me. Yeah. I'd I'd be so nervous I couldn't even talk. <laughs> it is it is amazing though when you go back to watching like the the nineties early two thousands F one that was so serious before yeah. the race. You no one could even talk to the drivers, and now you see them. You see them. You see them. <laughs> sorry, come to you. Sorry, my, my cat's making a ruckus at the, at the door and he's putting us off. So, um, anyway, sorry, just to reiterate. So we got Mel grabbing the cat. She's like, coming. She's coming. I saw you texting. Like, <laughs> can't handle. So, um, like you, you I, and like I, I look at sport now, and I, I'm not a huge fan of say, um, the people talking to the AFL footy players at half time. I hate that. I hate it so mm. much. Um, but going back to your point with Formula One, it used to be so serious. I yeah. do like how it opens uh, opened up and then Daniel Ricciardo just looks dead serious into the camera and go, Netflix is a pack of cunts. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> and they played it. Like, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, it, it is. Like and like, that's, yeah, very un-Formula One-like. I do, I, that's, I, it's such a hard, it's almost like a double-edged sword because you want to know everything that's going on in the inside, but then you don't want it to ruin the sport at the same time. Some things are good as a mystery as well. Um, and I think I love that about MotoGP because we don't know what the riders are thinking or doing. Nah. So when something's happening, like Alexis Spargo celebrates with a lap to go. Like, what is he doing? No one knows. And then he realizes like, it, wouldn't happen. it wouldn't happen if there was team radio. Yeah. So. That's true. That's true. But, I think it's just it is for the best of Formula One. Um, I'm I love how it is at the moment and how and how you know massive it is. It's just it's almost like the biggest sport in the world at the moment. Yeah, I would Formula say one. it's like and it actually is a mixture of a reality TV show on wheels, like going from week to week. Christian um, Horner said it was um what do you say uh, F1 is more of a soap opera. Yeah, on wheels than yeah. than anything. But it it. it like the people who are mad about F1 still watch F1. And yeah. I just don't think anything's changed. I reckon they all acted like that for the past 40 years. Yeah. It's just now it's yeah, documented. Yeah. You just you know? more, get more insight into it. Yeah. You know, you used to see Toto or whatever carrying on like a pork chop anyway. It's just now there's cameras shoved in his face. Yeah, that's right. You just see more of it. it. Like you said, it is a double-edged sword. I like the fact that you can see all some of the stuff and also get to know drivers a bit better or team boss and that who you might think oh what a flog and then you sort of change and go oh wait like Mm. you know they're actually not as bad as what i originally thought but i reckon it's actually extended like especially drive to survive it's either extended or got um drivers different contracts and stuff yeah because people like these guys are marketing like they're marketing well ricardo ricardo massively He wouldn't be at Red Bull now if it wasn't for Drive to Survive. No way. No. He would have been spat out of McLaren. He'd be dr- driving NASCAR. Might see him in a V8 supercar. Wow, it would be cool. That's just another thing there to be kind of... They need to do like wild card entries. Like that was... One of the- they used to do that. Remember they used to have those um, OG F1 drivers yeah. in that race at Service Paradise? Yeah. And it was... Uh, there's something lacking there. And I, I'm not going to watch it. It's not a bad idea. I mean, Australian Superbikes do it at the end of the year. Jack Miller, for the last yeah. two years, has come yeah, across and raced. Yeah. And last year, he brought a couple other boys. Uh, Marcel Schroeder. Marcel Schroeder. Yeah. And, a, and I think someone else came as well. So, he's brought a couple of people across. And it's so interesting because we were actually talking about going to that. Like, let's go yeah. for a weekend. Like, if he wasn't there, no way he would go. No. 
There's only one reason to go to South Australia, and that's for the red wine. <laughs> and Jack Miller, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Penfolds, if you're listening, send us a bottle. <laughs> yeah, that'd right. be nice. Um, I'm actually trying to get down there for the last se- last race of the season for SBK this year. I think we're, I think we're all going to have to go now. Yeah. Oh, especially if Jack Miller's going to be there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That'll be interesting though, because what would he ride? Because well, KDM don't do a road bike. But what? Great um, question. So we had a Ducati, but it was a cat sponsored one, wasn't it? Yeah, so I know they do a lot of... I've seen uh, the boys test on, not him, but I think it was... It must have been KDM riders test on R1s. Un, oh, okay. Unbranded uh, like, R1s. Yes. So you're saying yeah. that KDM do not make a 1,000cc a sport bike? Not a sp- super sport bike. Nah. They make the 1290 Super G. Yeah. Surely that's a missing market. If, then. Well, they had the RC8, which was 1190. <clears throat> the biggest missing market is uh, mid-range sports bikes. 800cc sports bikes. Yeah. That's well, there's what, an R9 coming out. Because, yeah, you know, that's a nice amount of power, I find. Yeah, it's not like, crazy. Like 1,100, you know. You've got to be a good rider to ride those things. Or just really, really stupid. Yeah. And I feel like a, man, a guy of my size ride, riding a 600, it's not, it's not big enough. Well, so. that used to have the Daytona 765 or 675. Um, yeah. But it is, you know, and, and like the 600s are kind of going away. So that mid, you know mid fucking engine size whatever you want to call it yeah. 800cc bike is I think what everyone wants and as you said the R9 is coming along which yep. every so, man and their dog's going to buy okay so Yamaha R9 yep. yeah but keep, I reckon he'll be a D-badged maybe if he's going to race at a D-badged R1 or be cool. something like that yeah yeah. who knows he might still have the Ducati maybe because it's not like he's benefiting any tech- there's no technological uh, advantage for him being on that bike yeah so um, but it'll be cool to see him go back if he does again mm. this year. Um, they should launch a bike at that event or something with him riding it. That yeah, would be, be very cool. cool. Jack Miller, just send us a message, please, on what you're uh, racing with yeah, this what, year and what your plans are. Yeah. We won't share it. Just keep it. We'll keep it on the DL. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, they reckon it's an amazing track, uh, and they do run a track day straight after the ASBK round. So yeah, that'd be cool. Looking forward to that. You gonna you gonna do that as well? Uh, providing my bike's rebuilt, yes. So, are you riding to South Australia or are you putting the bike on a track? No, if I have the track bike ready, I'll take it in yeah. the old drive up and I'll trailer it up. Track bike. Yeah. But if yeah. I don't and if we all go up and we want to ride or... He does a lot of things, doesn't he? Let's fucking go. He does oh, a yeah, lot. He's, he's, a, yeah. he's the man. God, I want to list your hobbies. I'll have a bloody... be like a shopping list. How long have we got left? <laughs> I don't know. We've only got one terabyte. Yeah, man. I know. I'm not very good at uh, most of them, to be honest. Ladies, he's a busy man, though. Mm. But he'll find time yes. for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you like red wine and long walks on the beach, <laughs> I am your man. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> greasy Italians with gold chains and chest hair. That's right. If you love so chest hair, I... Daniel Brisky is your man. <laughs> Uh, now, guys, we're also finalizing our apparel that's going to be coming yes. out in a couple of weeks, we would say. Let's go. Um, designs are all finalized, so um, that'll be hitting the website soon. The website will be going live probably yep. next week. Yeah, uh, we've already put a teaser up for one of our shirts. Yep. I'm sure you can make out who that person is, and if you yep. can't, then do some digging. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we'll, I think we might release a couple more teasers in the next couple of days. We have really just made stuff that we would like to wear ourselves. Yeah, that's that's actually where uh, this podcast really began. It, yeah. it came from uh, 
we just wanted MotoGP and Formula One apparel to wear at the local pub or yeah. hanging out with your buddies. There's nothing really out there. Like you can wear team apparel and stuff, but you know, not everyone does I'm not going to wear a, I'm not wearing a Ducati polo to like the cricketer's arms and hold straight up. No, I'm, no, no, I'm definitely not going to do that. You know that. what I would no be wearing there though? I'd be wearing a, one of these. Oh, that's, t- that's shit ass Tom. <laughs> you know what's better than beating Richmond by 100 points beating them by one that's shit couple of Richmond supporters here sorry I had to hide that Uh, if anyone doesn't know Essendon's won their first game over Richmond in like 10 years and in that we've won three premierships and they haven't even won a final so we'll give it up to this little fella for winning a little game but uh yeah. Um, as I guess we'll all uh, Daniel steals off me the cream always rises to the top and <laughs> Richmond will be better than we'll you we'll probably again. both miss the final yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the cream will be Collingwood <laughs> oh don't say that yeah. oh, what's going to happen I think don't say that um, but yes the apparel is coming out so yeah. that's actually how this all started and then funny enough talking about the football Dan and I went to the Richmond Melbourne game got super drunk and Dan was like let's start a podcast and yeah, I was like yeah. Let's do it, Motorsport Republica, and now here we are. Yeah. But yeah, the apparel is for just your everyday type of uh, type of scenario, pub, just going out, yeah. hanging out with your mates, whatever it is. Um, and it's a good way to rep your own, you know, your favorite driver or rider, and you know, not wearing a two hundred dollar jumper or a, yeah, with sponsors all over. Yeah, hundred dollar yeah. polo or something like that. So yeah. it's gonna be cool. So watch your space, and we'll keep putting out a few more teasers. Yes. Very exciting. Yeah, which is cool. Very, very exciting. Uh, anything else to touch on, boys? Tips for Monaco, gentlemen? Um, Fernando Alonso winning marginally over Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen having a slight mishap in the pits. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I'll look like a hero next week if that happens. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> clip that. Yeah, clip that, Curtis. <laughs> you legend. <laughs> I reckon Alonso as well. Oh, come I, on. But let's steal my cream. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Rises to the top. <laughs> but I reckon uh, Verstappen's going to hit the wall. And I reckon he's going to have his first DNF. Wow. Um, yeah, right. In qualifying or. No, nah, in the race. And then Perez to get seconds. And uh, I reckon like a Hamilton to get Nah, third. there's no way Mercedes is going to finish in the top three. Just shut down my arm. Just <laughs> shut me down. Um, I reckon typical Charles fashion, he won't finish his home race. Yeah. Um, Red Bull for a mechanical. Okay. On one of their drivers. I'm not sure who. As I say, repping Red Bull. Um, Fernando second. Other Red Bull driver with no mechanical first. <laughs> Interesting. The weather looks shit house. <laughs> no. It is raining, raining, raining every single day. And you know what that means? It probably will be fucking sunny. <laughs> yeah. 70% chance of rain on Friday for practice, 70% chance of rain on Saturday for the race, and then 60% chance of rain on Sunday for but, the race. Well, didn't we say that for Le Mans for the first two days and didn't rain at all? Yeah, true. We, it, true. Yeah, 100%. So there is some rain, rain around in Europe at the moment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was almost going to bring um, the scuba mask. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that would be pretty offensive. <laughs> no, it's not offensive if I do it. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> Apologies to all my uh, cousins down yeah. in Italy. No, all seriousness, yeah, it's bloody <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, hopefully everyone's doing all right. And as we touched on earlier, great call from the F1, and it was great to see. Yeah, and the million dollar donation was nice as well. Yeah. Nice touch. Very classy. Wouldn't have really, you know, wouldn't have put a dent in their pocket, but I think it's a nice touch. Because mm. they would have lost millions and millions of dollars not to have the race there. So For sure. Yeah. I did very well. Alrighty. Alright, thanks guess boys. We'll, wrap up here. Cheers, well, we'll see you uh, next uh, Wednesday night. Done. Beautiful. Thanks guys. See you Cheers. Cheers guys.